Welcome to The Vine Time with Melanie Bolduc. Today's guest is Adrian Serain from France and his company, Vinpop. Welcome. Thank you very much for welcoming me. Thanks for coming. And so tell me a little bit about yourself. Where do you live? I, I live in Bordeaux. I'm very close from Bordeaux. And I have been making wine for the past six years. And I'm running the family business, uh, which I've been like created like 100 years ago. Right. And uh, and things have changed a lot in the past like uh, 10 years, 15 years. So we used to be like very strong in Bordeaux, mm-hmm. and uh, people were looking for wines. And uh, but nowadays it's uh, kind of it's uh, kind of difficult. So uh, we used to live in Hong Kong, and I moved back to Bordeaux right. to, take, to take over the family business because it was in bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now things are getting better, but uh, I made like several pivots. Sure. To uh, address our, our wines to uh, to people, because sure. uh, in Bordeaux it's a very uh, unique way of making wines. Sure. So, of course. And where are you in Bordeaux? On um, Saint Gervais. It's a very uh, small village, mm-hmm. not very close from Côte de Bourg on the uh, right bank, mm-hmm. and very close to the river. Okay. Very good. And um, and how much land do you have there? Uh, we have uh, we have fifteen hectares. Okay. Yeah, very good. Is- and this is your family plot. And then, what 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 was the wine that was being produced back in the day? If that makes sense. It, it used to be my uncle. So it was your uncle's. Your uncle had the property. But what what yeah. were the wines that were being produced? Uh, we always we have always been making red wine. Bordeaux yes, is sure. famous for red wine, sure, and sure. we used to uh, my uncle used to uh, blend blend mm-hmm. grapes, sure. uh, Barlow and Cabernet Sauvignon. Sure. But nowadays. Not nowadays. So what are you doing nowadays? It's single grape. So uh, we used to produce like Bordeaux OC wine. And uh, we ended up like uh, like making Vin de France. Because instead of like making wines from my terroir and for my terroir, I'm making wines for people. So I'm trying to pull the most of my terroir mm-hmm. to bring like, the, the right wine to the right people. Of course. So depending on uh, the, the, the country where the wine is being sold, the right. taste is being adjusted. Of course. And so, where are you selling these wines? I'm selling it to like uh, I think yeah, it's about like ten countries. Okay. So it's, I export like ninety nine percent of my wines. Okay. So mainly like Denmark, uh, Belgium, uh, UK, and in Asia as well. Okay. Not in China. Not in US. Uh, not in the US. No. At the moment. <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> I'm trying to, but not yet. Yeah. And so, what do you find your clients are looking for? Uh, basically, like I'm offering something which is very unique, so is like in unique. terms of like a label or term of, of taste, and um, I constantly adjust it. So I encourage them like to trust like half a palette, for example, or one palette, to test the market. And as uh, soon as uh, they have like a few sales or a few feedbacks from the salespeople, we adjust the product. So we can adjust the taste, we can adjust the front label, the back label, or the communication or the marketing parts. Mm-hmm. But we always like adjust it, not based on opinions. We based it on facts. Of course. So only facts tell the truth. Okay. So basically, like only sales tell the truth. Of course. So and there's like so, anyway. so you're kind of looking. You're seeking an American partner, isn't that correct? Yeah, you're seeking an American company who might say, "Hey, I want private label wines from Bordeaux." 
maybe I want Merlot, maybe I want Cabernet, I want it at this price point. And and can you say what the price point would be or does it, does it depend client per client? Yes, actually there's a minimum price mm -hmm. uh, because I, I realized like a successful one is based on the three pillars, which is based uh, the packaging and the, the price. Right. So if like someone is looking for like a very, very cheap wine, it means like it's like for uh, specific target markets. Like right. usually this kind of people, they are not looking for like to get like a very like fancy wines. They are looking for like to get something which is like pretty simple. Mm -hmm. So it's why I always adjust it. Like depending right. on the, but there is also like a minimum price because I can't lose money. Of course. Saying. Yeah. I, I call those Wednesday wines. It's like not the wine you drink on Friday or Saturday night, but the night that exactly, you know, exactly. wine. They're, you know, or whatever, you know what I mean? They're just wines that you have with your, you know, Wednesday dinner, you know, that sort of thing. And, and I also, I produce like some like premium wine. So like one of my customers, like my Danish customer, he asked me like to make something which is very fancy in wooden case, which oh, nice. tastes like, with like a very strong taste. And uh, so I made one for him. Oh, so, very good. And yeah. so would you produce any wines that it would be in a box? Uh, one in box, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not I yet find yet. that this is a growing category. I said this about five years ago to someone in Maine who had a distributor here or has a distributor here. And I said, you know, box wine is the way of the future. And they scoffed at me like, oh, wow. And I was like, no, it really is. So what's happening is glass is becoming very expensive. Is that correct? Yeah. Glass it's very expensive, but I totally agree with you because like actually the way of people are consuming the wine is totally different. Yeah. So if you're in a couple and you open a bottle of wine on Wednesday, it right. may be too much. So like the, the next day you have like leftover so and you're like, have oh, a, drink, a like Wednesday wine in a box or a bag, a bladder exactly. for that matter, the bladder that goes in the box um, that you open and then it's still good a week later. I, it, it, over. It, it, it must last six weeks. Yeah, it's six weeks. It's four to six weeks. Yeah, it's great. So, so it's uh, it's it's crazy. Great but technology. Risk, yeah. Yes. Yeah, only risk. It's like if you buy like something which you don't like, you 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 have like wine for like five weeks and uh, you don't sure. really. So it's very important to have both like a glass bottle and a bag in box. Yeah. I agree. And so, do you know Steve Malcheski? I know that we're friends. We're mutual friends on LinkedIn. Do, do you know him? He was on my show a couple of weeks ago. He used wow. to own a company called USA Wine West here, okay. in Britain, but he's since sold the building. I mean, the business, and now he's retired and doing other things. So you don't know him. It's okay. Uh, I don't know many people in France. You've only been to the US once. Sorry? You've only been to the US one time. Yeah, only one time, yeah. Right. And where were you? Uh, New York City. New York City. Very good. Did you come over for wine? Uh, no, actually, it was for the uh, surprise of my uh, brother's birthday. Oh, very good. So I took him to New York City. Sure. And so uh, what are your plans for the future? Where, where are you looking to expand at the moment? Uh, I wanted to expand it to, to the U.S. Like uh, I have uh, spoken to like several like uh, one importers and they told me like uh, the current brand I have, it's uh, more like for like open-minded people and uh, like kind of like uh, they told me like about like democratic uh, states, mm -hmm. which are like looking for like new stuff instead sure. of like um, more classical uh, labels. Right. It's very true. So it's about it's a matter for you to finding the right importer, right? Because you yeah, have exactly, yeah. okay, so. to, to bring the right product to the right people. Correct. And so are do you go to Venice and and and, and Pro Wine and all those? Uh, I used to, but not anymore. Yeah. So nope. instead of like uh, spending all my money to uh, this kind of wine fair, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, like, uh, I take, like, a flight to a country, and I rent a car, and I do, like, uh, door-to-door. Oh, okay. So basically, yeah, basically, it's what I have done, like, two weeks ago in, uh, in the right. UK. Are you uh, selling your wines in Ireland? Uh, not yet. Okay. No. Okay, I'll send you a contact there. Okay. Good. Uh, because um, there, I have a new couple. I used to sell wine there, um, okay. but that's also it's a great market because the way it's so. I don't know if you understand the three tier system in America, where you need an importer, yeah. a distributor, and a retailer, or a, a on premise. I can't. I've read, you know, so it goes in that that order. And uh, in Ireland, it's very different. It's like the Wild West because you just you can go to France and buy a pallet of wine and bring it over and put it in a bond if you own like uh, a, a grocery store chain like Donnybrook Fair, for example, and then you can sell it out of the bonds and then just pay the taxes, the VAT, as it's leaving the bond. Um, so it's a really um, unique situation. It's very different from a lot of other places and um, kind of easy to move juice, if that makes sense. But I'll, I'll, make, I'll connect you with some people that I know there. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Before the day is over. That's good, good, good. And so did you study winemaking? No, actually, I didn't. I used to. Uh, I used to uh, work in IT. IT. In so good. actually, I learned it by myself. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. So, and uh, well, that's why all of your your social media and your labels and stuff like that is so clever, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like, I'm, I'm not really a smart guy. So actually, what I have done is I have just asked people. So right. like, so way like to make wine, I ask like uh, my oenologist, like, yeah, how can I make good wine? Then mm-hmm. uh, and then. It, he gave me some tips, but like two years later, I was actually like, I'm asking you like to to make some good wines, but I'm not even telling you like who is who is my target market. Right. So I was like, it doesn't make any sense. So like uh, instead of like making one and then asking people, yeah, who wants my wine, I was like, no, I should ask. People, I'll ask like, them what they want. Well, yeah, you know, it's a really really good business strategy, really, because I think in the wine business, people are so misdirected. You know, they produce a product that may be really appealing in Italy, for example. And then then they try to get it into the US market and they have this really vintage Italian label that's like, well, pull it off the shelf. And it, it's one thing if you have a brand that's just developed like Santa Margarita, for example. But if you have like an up and coming, coming brand that is from, you know, Alto Adige and you're trying to sell it, you know, it needs to be appealing on so many different levels. Not to say that labels mean it's good wine, but you know, it, there, there has to be so many components in the, you know, the element of sale that it's really important um, to know what your customers are looking for, I guess, is the best way to put it. So I, yeah. I like your approach. <laughs> because we, I think you should make a box wine <laughs> and a high, <laughs> higher tier. Because- but actually, it's, it's what I'm offering to people. I'm, I'm always like open to make yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah. a box because, you know, one of the first things I learned in the wine business was from a gentleman who was the buyer at a, a it was a chain grocery store in um, Dublin. And he used to buy pallets of make one with me um, and put it in a bond and sell it to the rich ladies in the neighborhood where his shop was. Um, but that, that the margin that he made on that afforded him to be able to buy expensive wines from me. You know what I mean? Like, so they, yeah. there's always a way of like in the business to, Kind of, you have your bread and butter that's kind of keeping your, your your margins there, you know, the increase, you know, revenue source. And then you have, you know, that that allows you to be able to do something special. So, um, if you are when you produce wine that is high end, what exactly are the wines? It's a Bordeaux blend, I presume. Uh, yeah, it's a single grape. So, yeah, uh, wood. I have I have both like a micro oxygenation. I don't know if you know about it. I don't. So Can you explain that? 
Yeah, so it's actually like a, you you put it like right before, uh, after harvesting at the end of the fermentation, it uh, creates like a micro uh, bubbles. Okay. So we we adjust it like it's it's a micro dose. So we adjust the quantity every day. So we taste the the juice and we adjust it. So actually, like the grapes are still in the stillness tank. Sure. So at the end of the fermentation, like the the grapes are all uh, all at the top. And sure. we put the the thing like the, the tool at the bottom, and uh, and it it improves the uh, the color and okay. the taste. It makes it rounder and easier to drink. Okay, and is this a natural process? Yeah, it's a natural process. It's only oxygen. Okay, so you're adding oxygen to the wine. Yeah, that's all. Okay, good. very good. And then um, in barrel aging, what are you using for barrel? No, aging? We we don't we don't use a barrel. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because it, actually, it's again, it's not for my target market. So in Bordeaux, you have plenty, plenty of people who does like uh, use a lot of wood. Mm -hmm. So I was like, no, I'm not gonna do the same as them. This is a true expression of the fruit. And yeah. and how long is your how large is your um your bottling facility or your facility where you're producing the wine? It's uh, I'm producing like 60, 70 thousand bottles per year. Okay, but how but long? I, is, how long? If this is just the area that has been your family's chateau. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very good. But what what I do like recently, like for the past two years. I have also been buying one in bulk from my neighbors. Okay, sure. Yeah, so like uh, some of my, like for example, my Danish customer, like for one year, he bought everything from me. Sure. So all my stock. So for my, my other customers, they asked me like some specific wines that I didn't have in stock. Sure. So I asked my neighbors, I saw the wine and I finally yeah. found, like the right wine. Oh, so my good. were happy. My neighbors were very happy because like uh, in my neighborhoods, like nobody are able to sell wine because nobody speaks English. Yeah, of course, of course. And, uh, so basically it's what I do. It's like, uh, I'm I'm always trying to bring solutions to people. I like that. And bring so, me solutions, not problems. It's a really good way of looking at things. Yeah, it's like, so uh, how was the harvest this year? Uh, I didn't harvest. I didn't harvest because last year I got hit by a hailstorm. Oh goodness. Oh wow! Yeah, so everything was devastated, and uh, and this year, like uh, the the vine is still too weak, oh, no. way too weak. So I just left the, the grapes because it was not worth it to to harvest it. You haven't had a harvest in two years. No, I haven't harvested it for in two years. Right, but moving forward, when you're selling, what are you selling? Juice that you're getting? I mean, is it grapes that you're getting from your neighbors or? It's a mix. So okay. like I still have like some one uh, some stock of my uh, 2020 vintage. Oh okay, I see what you I'm mean. I'm selling this one, but like recently, like one of my customer he asked me like for 2020 in Merlot, but with like very specific taste and very woody. Mm -hmm. I didn't have, so I bought it from my neighbor. Of course, okay, very so, good. So you're more, you're like, like a negotiant. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. So I'm, uh, actually, like I'm trying to bring solutions to uh, my customers and also to my neighbors. Sure, sure, sure. I think that's great. And the area where you are, I mean, what is the closest city to you? Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Okay, very good. Yeah, Bordeaux is like 20 minutes away. And my girlfriend, um, Miriam, is from Bordeaux, and she's there. And I have no idea where she is, but we'll say hello to her today. Okay. She lives in Maine. She has a house in Maine. She's in Bordeaux right now, caring for her mother. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, you should certainly get over here to the U.S. and we should certainly talk at some stage um, about people and places and things like that. But um, any any new plans for the future or any new ideas that you have? Yeah, I'm actually, like, I'm, I'm currently working on a, on a software which allow uh, people to, uh, to build their own wine. So, like, the, the, oh, wow. the, the problem I faced, it was, like, uh, actually, like, people will 
build wine from their opinions. Mm -hmm. So it was actually, it's adding, like it's solving a problem, but it's adding a new problem. So I'm working with like a, a Spanish company, which mm -hmm. analyzes wine. And then like uh, we can uh, uh, show to, uh, to uh, customers why some wines are successful and why some wines are not successful. Sure. From like analyzing the wines. Right. So I'm I'm building a software to mix uh, my software and their software. Okay. Because they solve a problem, but uh, they create a new problem. So, but I'm solving their problem. Okay. But uh, we uh, we can work together. So basically, it's what I'm currently working on. Oh, wonderful! So it's so, like so if you go on if you go on their website, you basically do taste profile and then they make a wine for you. Is that what happens? Yeah, it's only for B two B. So, for example, okay. like, like a shop, like you have like uh, 70, 80 uh, wines, mm -hmm. you can send a sample to all of all of your uh, wines to them. They're gonna analyze it, and then you can like uh, 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 like data data analysis. You can um, uh, mix your your sales to the database. Sure. So then we can like uh, tell you why, like uh, tell you like exactly what your customers are into. Sure. Sure. Regarding the taste, regarding the price, regarding the packaging. As a Somalia, when people say to me, what should I have? I say, well, what do you like to drink at home? Yeah, and exactly. Say, well, I like Merlot. And I say, oh, okay, well, then you should try this one. Or, you know, you always, and I always go in for, you know, what is it that you really enjoy? What's the best wine you think you've ever had? And then you go from there. Yes, yeah, that's the biggest problem for like wine consumer because before being a winemaker, I'm a wine consumer. And then when I go to a supermarket or like a wine shop, you have like... Three two hundred uh, different uh, bottle of wines, mm -hmm. and you have absolutely no idea what to buy. Right. For example, like with uh, Coca Cola uh, in France, if you go to a shop, you have like five or six different brands. Sure. But everybody go for Coca Cola because they know the brand, they know what they're gonna get. Right. And with wines, the problem is they never know what they're gonna get. So it's a they might lose, they might waste their money, mm -hmm. or they might be happy, but the risk is too high. So usually, like they. Instead of like going to wine, many people in France go to the beer industry and they buy brands because they know what they're going to get. Sure. Especially like nowadays when people have like tight money, tight budgets, so mm -hmm. they reduce the risk. So I would like to, to change the way to introduce wine to people. I appreciate that. That's what we do on my show. So at the um, underneath this podcast, we actually have a link to my show, which is VineTimeTV.com. Um, the reason why we created the show was because women uh, produce, actually, excuse me, they purchase 60 to 80% of the wine that goes to the home, but they know less about it than men. Men are 80% more educated than women. So again, it goes back to the consumer and they don't know what they want. And they don't know what to pair with scallops or they don't know what to pair with lobster or steak or whatnot and on and on it goes. So the reason why we created the visual show, which is Vine Time TV, found on YouTube and also on our website is to show people how to pair lobster with wine and what kind of wines would pair well with oysters or lobster or clams because I'm in Maine and we have this wonderful seafood. And then we, we have the audio side, which does a little bit of rock and roll, a little bit of wine, a little bit of food and, you know, all of the above. And so um, I, I appreciate that forward thinking, you know, looking at the consumer and seeing the consumer standing there you know, wanting guidance. And it's not always the case that, that someone walks into store and there's somebody very helpful there to help them. And so where do they go from there? 
So I, I appreciate that. But I think the food and wine pairing is a really good thing to kind of in your when you're working on that is really something to focus on because people don't, um, you know, kind of understand what goes well with what, you know, and that's really always the question. You know, it's not I like this or I like rosé and I like Merlot. It's really like, what do I have with my roast pork dinner? <laughs> so actually, I, I made like a new back label for, for it. Oh, good. Yeah, two years ago, I uh, from my uh, like uh, business trip to Denmark. So I asked like sales people to supermarkets. I was like, what's the most common question you you, you get from people? Sure. So they list like the five most common questions. So I made a label, but uh, as we put on my face, it's people under like thirty years old understood it straight away. But people over it, over thirty people, thirty years old, they didn't understand it. So yeah. I made a new version of it. So like there is like five pillars, which is like the one experience needed to enjoy the wine mm -hmm. from beginners to advanced. So it speak about like the sweetness, the tannins, yeah. the volume, and yeah. like very basic stuff. And there is also like a food pairing mm -hmm. and how to drink it. So like in, for example, like in a, in a, in Denmark, they drink uh, wine cold, mm -hmm. and we don't. So uh, yeah, I'm like giving like uh, drinking tips about the yeah. temperature as well. I so think that that's really clever root of, of, you know, course of action because people, people need things to be spoon fed for them. When I do consultancies for restaurants, I make a pairing chart and I take the whole menu and I put it on a tiny little card that I laminate. And then I say, okay, the steak, these are the wines. These are three wines you can have with the steak. And I put them in the side stations because the servers might go to a training and they might taste, but they might not be into wine. They might be into cocktails or beer. And so then all of a sudden they're on the spot. And someone says, what do I have? And instead of running around and looking for someone to tell them what to have the steak, they could just run to the card and be like, oh, well, we have these three. And then it's just boom, boom, nice and easy for them. You know, so I like these ideas. I like these solutions. So I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests, which is what do you love? Uh, sports. Sports. Oh, very good. What sports? Uh, martial arts. Martial arts. Oh, very good. And do you practice them? Yeah, every day. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. My son was doing uh, Taekwondo in, in LA for a little while. We're going to get him back into it soon, but he's taking the, he's taking the saxophone at the moment. So he's on the musical route. So you're oh, yeah. practice martial arts and do you do this professionally or are you a black belt or? Yeah, uh, no, I'm not yet a black belt. Not yet. You're working towards that. 12 years. Oh, wonderful. Fantastic. Do you have a family in Bordeaux? Uh, yeah, I have uh, only my brother left. Right, yeah, very good. Okay. And so, so um, I ask all of my guests this. Do you have a song for us? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay, what is it? It's a Louise Attack. Oh, it's who? Louise Attack. It's uh, very French. Okay. And uh, you're going to send me a text and tell me what the song is. <laughs> it's, uh, you thought I can play it right now? Oh, no. Oh, well, you could, but if you hang on just one second, I will play it for you. How's that sound? All right. Here's your song. Thank you very much for coming. Where do people find you? Uh, on social media, on uh, vinpop.fr, and also on my website. There is everything shown, like the label and everything. And what is your website? Uh, vinpop.fr. Okay, so it's vinpop.fr. All right. Exactly. Everything is simple. Adrian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Here is your song, and have a great day. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Je t'emmène au-dessus des gens Et je voudrais que tu te rappelles Notre amour est éternel et pas artificiel Je voudrais que tu te ramènes devant 
que tu sois là de temps en temps Et je voudrais que tu te rappelles notre amour
will indeed. Hang on. <laughs>